Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 97 of the Adam Shine Podcast and... How's this for a perfect, amazing guest in general and ridiculously timely? Michelle Beadle is the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. Michelle, of course, a long and phenomenal career at ESPN. She is now, she has a tremendous podcast out, courtesy of our friends over at The Athletic, and she's doing television work for the San Antonio Spurs who, by the way, clinched a spot in the play-in, and her nemesis, LeBron James, is out. Now that's some podcast booking right there. That's being ahead of the curve. Bob Stew might be on paternity leave back on April 25th, but who's counting? But, you know, Bob Stew, you know, he, he's supposed to be staying away. No, no, he's he's booking podcast guests. He was up until the middle of the night. He's like, I got the perfect guest for this week for the Adam Shine podcast. So we'll talk to Michelle about LeBron, about Pop, about ESPN, her best NBA takes. Uh, we're going to have a ton of fun with Michelle Beadle. You guys are going to love it. And I just, I love this week. This is arguably the best week in sports. The Final Four goes right into the championship game, and, you know, Carolina blew it. I still can't believe that transpired. Kansas comes back. I'm not changing my Bill Self take. You know, he didn't foul up three at the end. He's still a terrible coach. Congrats on winning. Great speech at halftime. Great effort in the second half. That was more of a collapse for Carolina than it was a comeback for Kansas, but hey. I'll give Bill Self some credit for it, but no, I do not change my opinion on Bill Self. We have the Masters coming up this week. Tiger Woods is playing, and that doesn't get any bigger or better than that. First time he's going to play in a golf tournament since that horrendous, horrific accident, the car accident in February of 2021. So Masters is always great. I'm picking John Rahm, but the fact that Tiger's playing, he's finishing top 10. Buckle up, Buttercup. That's going to be fun. We're down the stretch of the NBA season. The Lakers officially eliminated. Bag it, losers. Bag it, frauds. Remember I picked the Lakers to win a championship before the season started? Oh, 
Oh, good. How did that work out? The single worst prediction in the history of the Adam Shine podcast. I mean, what a debacle. Vegas had the over-under at 53 wins. 53 wins. They're a 31-win team. Blame LeBron, and he deserves a lot of blame. No leadership, wandering eye, daydreaming in Cleveland. Blame Jeannie Buss. Blame Palinka. Blame Frank Vogel. Anthony Davis blaming the injuries. I mean, he's as soft as tissue paper. I don't want to hear about injuries as an excuse. I mean, Go look at the, I don't know, L.A. Clippers and their injuries. Go look at Memphis. Go look at Golden State. I mean, go look at the Denver Nuggets with Jamal Murray. So, you know, I mean, one thing if injuries impacted the Lakers and instead of finishing first or having home court in the first round of the playoffs, they finished sixth, they didn't even make the play-in. I mean, the season's not even over, and they're eliminated. So, last week of the NBA season, I'm fired up for the postseason. Lakers humiliated themselves like no other. The baseball season starts this week. Ah, Dodgers, Blue Jays. Dodgers over Blue Jays, the official Adam Shine podcast prediction for the upcoming baseball season. I got a lot of great over-unders for you. My favorite is Milwaukee over. I like the Dodgers over, Blue Jays over, Royals over, Phillies over, Rays under in terms of the win total for this upcoming season. So I'm pumped for baseball season. I mean, this is a great time of year. You got to love sports. You got to love Michelle Beadle. Everybody does. She's the featured guest on the Out of Time Podcast next. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Bisson. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Bisson, my hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living.
The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast needs no introduction, but well. ah, what the hell? I might as well give her one. Michelle <laughs> Beadle, nice enough to join us here on the Adam Shine podcast. Michelle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And by the way, if you're watching this on the SXM app on video, <laughs> and I'll just tell you if you're not, this is my favorite backdrop for any interview we've ever done. Michelle is in her shoe closet and on her podcast, which is fantastic. You always see it on The Athletic. What did I miss? I mean, where, how did you come up with this idea to do all your podcasts and interviews in the shoe closet? I mean, honestly, this was I, I tried to avoid doing this because I thought I don't I don't know if this is well, it is obnoxious. I'm going to not lie. It's obnoxious. <laughs> this is a ridiculous, obnoxious amount of shoes. But I tried to start it in a little game room area, but it was sort of monopolizing a room that I otherwise like to use. So I figured, all right, well, here we go. And once I got the initial weirdness of it all out, now it's just my shoe bunker and we've embraced it and I don't have to move equipment every day. I love it. It's and it's quiet. It's quiet in here, actually. So it really checks all the boxes. I, I love yeah, it. It's perfect. It's, it's made of, for this. Do you have a favorite <laughs> pair of shoes behind you? No. Um, yeah, these. But I don't know if you could see them. These are like legit, the most perfect pair of shoes. Oh, you've wow. I've never worn them, by the way. I've never, I've never worn any of these. If we're being honest. What is that? Is that a light purple sparkle? What, what, it's what, like what? a, it's like a hot pink. It's like a Cinderella shoe. Ah, uh, that's that's the best way to describe it. It's a, <laughs> it's a Cinderella, it's like Cinderella. shoe. You know, uh, who doesn't want that? I mean, everybody wants it. Look, I don't know if anyone's <laughs> going to call your San Antonio Spurs a Cinderella story, but hey, we did it. The Spurs <laughs> <did> it. <laughs> are in the play in Michelle. How great is that? It's uh, It's been crazy. Obviously, this has been a huge topic of conversation here um, with everyone that I work with at the Spurs. Sort of Look, the season started, zero expectations. Like the one thing we all knew was this is a great young group of dudes genuine and i don't say this lightly because i'm a pretty cynical person most of the time but they genuinely seemed to like each other when they were out there pop seemed to enjoy what he was doing it was almost like starting over with the whole teaching aspect of coaching after years of superstars um you know and then you go into a season like this and as it starts to wind down you realize oh i'm sorry are we are we in a position to knock the lakers out of a play-in tournament altogether? i mean it's just it's a lovely ending to a season that is you know, we came into it with nothing. I, I can't imagine a more perfect ending. And nobody's under the illusion that we're going to win the whole thing. Of course. Pop even said it. But I uh, I think knocking the Lakers out and having at least one more game extra after the season ends is, is a nice little gift. And before we get to the Lakers element to this, now, <laughs> you, you know how to speak pop and interpret pop for a living. Am I <laughs> yeah, crazy? Sure. Am I crazy in the fact that I think he really likes this team, that it's a likable team for him and the Spurs? Absolutely. I, I, you know, he seems to be, and when he's out there, he genuinely likes them, whether it's the sort of emergence of DeJounte Murray, sort of on a national scale. Now, I think people have, have really grown to be aware of what he's been doing out here. Um, or you've got Josh Primo on the other end of the spectrum, who's a teenager, um, but not like Tony Parker, like Tony Parker came in as a teenager as well, but it was a completely different circumstance. Like there was greatness expected because of who else was on the team at the time. Josh is coming in at a great time because they're just all learning to play together and to gel together. And Keldon Johnson, it's a, it's an excitable, fun group of guys to watch. And they've been in, I mean, if you haven't seen any Spurs all season, this, the record is not exactly as truth-telling as what it would seem because they've been in so many of the games. There were so many fourth-quarter losses, especially at the beginning of the season, that you, if you could imagine if they'd figured it out earlier on, it might even be a better record than what they have now. But 
I've enjoyed it. And, and I've been a part of, you know, I was part of a Nets team that won 20 something games. So I, I know what it's like to have games and seasons that are losing, but this was way more fun and you wouldn't know it. I love hearing that. And listen, you referenced the Lakers a couple of times in your answer earlier. The laughter, giggle. the smile, the giggle, <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, just how how delicious oh. is this? The combination of the Spurs winning and clinching. And look, I, I've been saying it all day on radio. I'll say it to you. said it to start the podcast. This is the most underachieving team, in my opinion, whether it's names, whether it's Vegas win total expectations in the history of sports. I mean, how sweet (laughs) is that? It's um, well, for the record, for, you know, if if LeBron's keeping track, I have, in fact, kept the same energy uh, that I had at the beginning of the season. I want to make sure that that's clear because I remember being look, I had been out of sports and TV and everything for a minute. So I started to think, am I am I crazy when they put that team together at the beginning? And I thought this is going to be a disaster. But then I'm watching all of these, you know, very knowledgeable talking heads speak about these expectations and championships and 70 wins, and whatever. I'm like, you know what, Beetle, you obviously been out of the game too long. You don't know what you're talking about anymore. Like, just walk away. It's fine. And then as the season starts to progress, you're like, oh, this is this is amazing. This is falling apart from the inside out. Uh, all of those expectations were completely without any sort of foundation at all. And yeah, on paper, it was always very, very sexy. Like those are some great names. And if you collect basketball cards, there's some value in those names, but this was not it. And to sort of have this team with all of the expectations and none of it come to fruition. And now you're getting the excuses, you know, well, if we had played a lot, no, you know, you guys were together for a few games. That wasn't a winning record either. Was it like 10 and 11 or 11 and 12 something? It was not it wasn't an undefeated season when three dudes won the court. So I've loved it. And just to have the opportunity, any team could have been the one that knocked him out officially, but it was kind of just this weird, I don't know, karma. <laughs> that It was the Spurs that ultimately had the last sort of laugh on that one and beating, you know, beating a team that they shouldn't have been beating anyway. Yeah. It's kind of great. I love it. I, it'll be, I feel bad because we, as we all are seeing that Fogel's going to be out and it's unfortunate because there is only so much you can do. And sometimes these coaches, more often than not, just really get the short end of that stick. And when you coach a team with LeBron James on it, you you don't have any power. And that's sort of where he's going to find himself, again, in a bad situation. I don't think there's any question about it. And, you know, Michelle, it's interesting. And you referenced the injuries. I mean, it's it's such a loser's lament. You know, Anthony Davis after the game saying more more lineups than wins. I mean, you know, you want to go over injuries? I mean, go go look at the Clippers. Go go look at the Nuggets. Go look at the Warriors. Go go look at the at the Grizzlies who won all these games without John Morant. I mean, I mean that, the Grizzlies is like the best story of the year i think right i agree completely you have the arguably greatest player in the world on your team in the lakers and we're talking about all of these other teams with the same amount of severe injury i mean Jokic, what he's been able to do now repeatedly without his second best player is ridiculous so yeah you don't even if you really think that and i don't think at the end of the day anthony davis and russell westbrook really could possibly think that if they'd all been healthy the whole time this would have been different i hope they don't think that don't say it out loud because it just sounds whiny and it sounds like you're lying to yourselves and nobody wants to think that about someone who is great at basketball at the end of the day. So yeah, the, every team's had injuries. Every team's dealt with, you know, COVID and all all this other stuff that the the world's handed to them. And yet they're still in it. (laughs) Well, and that's just it, right? I mean, it'd be one thing. Okay. They don't get the one seed because of injuries or top four home court. 
it should at least be the five or the six. They didn't make the play-in. Play-in. The play-in. It's, um, yeah, it is. It's I haven't even processed how much I'm enjoying it, to be honest. Like, I feel like because it officially became official last night, right? Like, it's sort of been leading up to it. Like, oh, my God, we have a couple of games left. It's going to happen. It is. It's amazing. Now, now the question would be how and how turbulent does the offseason in Los Angeles become? Who ultimately is going to get the, the decision making power in this one? Who's going to coach them next? Like, it's it's, you know, what changes can you even make? Like, that's the other thing. Well, who are you? Who wants any of it? I don't want to trade for any of those pieces. Nope. So I have no idea what the changes are going to be or how this possibly has a positive outlook moving forward into next season. So you've talked about LeBron in the past and LeBron's impact on you and, and ESPN. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. listen, no, knowing that we had your book today, I, I, I had a smile on my face. I'm like, you know, you talk about karma and, and the Spurs make it, Spurs win, LeBron's going home, Beatles in. I mean, what, 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 yeah. I mean it's, it's pretty it's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. I mean, the good news is I at least don't think he has any power within the Spurs organization. So they're, they, they can't get rid of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the good news, but yeah, it is. Um, and look, this is a town that has, there's no love lost between LeBron James and the city of San Antonio and Spurs fans, obviously going back to Miami heat series. Um, that's always going to be the case. And look, LeBron hasn't played in a game in San Antonio in in a couple of seasons now he comes here but he never he's always in street clothes on the on the bench which I've always thought was kind of an interesting thing to sort of watch so yeah I think Spurs fans in general are just sort of enjoying this and again we had zero expectations one maybe two extra games sweet that's just bonus that's you know a little extra gift but it's it's just a very free feeling today and we have no Lakers presence in the playoffs and and for a lot of us that is. That's enjoyable. It's pretty sweet. And, you know, <laughs> we talked about it on radio at 9 a.m. today, 6 on the West Coast, you know, fresh off of everything last night. And I, you know, I, I destroyed LeBron. And I, I've been destroying LeBron for this year in particular because, you know, back in, you know, and we could debate if it was right, wrong, or indifferent. When he would tweet about Kevin Love, okay, I, I mean, it, it was garbage. It worked, right? I don't, I don't like passive-aggressive right. nonsense. That's not how I operate in life. But... Okay, I don't like it. It worked. You could kind of tell that he he checked out, you know, didn't like he brought all the guys in, then didn't sure. like them instantly. How much blame do you think is on LeBron? Do you think that he should be getting more of the blame for the Lakers this season? It's such a tricky situation because if you're the organization, you you don't want to shine that spotlight on your greatest player, a player that puts butts in the seats no matter where you go, obviously. But I would love and I would pay whatever I could to be a fly on the wall in some of these meetings where he's not a part of it to really hear sort of some truth telling on where everybody stands on this because you're, you're sort of handcuffed now. Like you can't really do anything. You could have had DeMar DeRozan. Like you could have had DeMar DeRozan. And then you watch him have this, epic season in Chicago and just really annihilate people. And you have to think, man, we wanted to do that. We tried to do that, but that's not what we were allowed to do. And here we are. And the thing about what I think is frustrating about having a guy like LeBron is that he's not going to, he's not going to take the blame. It would be so refreshing. Yeah. And I think it would change so many people's sort of minds about what kind of guy he is 
if he just came out tomorrow and was like, you know, that was a mistake. I made a mistake. I really thought this was going to end in a different way. I wanted Russ here. It just wasn't the chemistry that we were looking for. Unfortunately, you know, sorry to the fans. We'll have a, hopefully a better one next, but he won't. And it will be everybody else's fault. And then the same thing's going to happen over and over again. And if the next formula doesn't work that he's a big part of, then what? You can only get rid of so many people and no one's ever going to get rid of LeBron. And so that's sort of where we are. He's he's a very powerful entity, not just in sports, but in everything these days. And so good luck crossing him because it, it's not going to end well for whoever tries to. In your opinion, is there a favorites in the Western Conference? Is it Phoenix draw a line? Are you looking at, at Dallas as a team with Luka? Right. I mean, I, you have to kind of recalibrate all your thoughts about the Mavericks from the preseason, midseason. Yes. To now how you feel going into the postseason they are completely different it has been a joy to really watch some of these teams flourish and become their best versions of themselves at the end of the season and dallas being probably first and foremost in that category memphis of course it's it's funny to me the memphis thing because i don't know it's, it still feels like none of us believe it until we really see it yeah. like we have to see what they do in the playoffs but what we've seen so far i mean they've beaten they've beaten a phoenix team and everybody was playing like they there's something going on there and, and maybe it won't be this year but i i, I kind of hope they do i want them to be the disruptor that everybody's looking to dallas being the same thing and i feel that way about phoenix i feel like phoenix at least from me personally doesn't get the same amount of respect that I know I'm supposed to be giving them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the obstacle is mentally. I know they've obviously been there and they're trying to get it done. There is some sort of mental block for me with the Phoenix team, despite their record and despite what they've been doing that I'm, I'm, I don't get it. Tell me if you, tell me if you buy this. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, look, Chris Paul's had a great career, but he hasn't come through in the big spot. They were up to nothing on Milwaukee. Yeah, we saw what happened last year. You know, I think they they enter the postseason as the best team in the Western Conference, but there's that feeling of they've been close but no cigar for so long. I kind of need to see them with the Larry O'Brien Trophy before I buy it. Even if I pick them, I need to see it. I think it I think it is. It must be some sort of like a Chris Paul, not a curse, but some sort of a Chris Paul thing, a stigma that we, until that's broken, we just won't buy. Because unlike seasons past where we've had clear cut favorites, like when the Warriors were the best, I don't think anybody had a doubt in their mind as we entered playoff time that, OK, at the end of this thing, it's going to be the Warriors standing. It never even felt like it was up for grabs, whereas it very much feels like it's up for grabs this season, despite how far along Phoenix is compared to everybody else. I'm excited just because, I, you know, I like. I like when there's fresh going on in the league. I like when it's not necessarily the same faces every time. I'm a big fan of that and change. Um, and, I, and to me, I really am looking to Memphis as sort of the surprise team that's just going to cause a lot of people a lot of headaches. That's my goal here. That is my own personal selfish goal. You know, I, I could listen to you talk hoops all day and sports in general, but especially basketball. I love your basketball takes and oh, opinions. Was, how difficult was last year for you? Where I mean, or or maybe I should say, was last year difficult for you? You know, you could you could you could. There's a lot of different ways to go about it. You can you can chill. You can travel. You can you know work on physical health, mental health, Ugh. see people, whatever it is. But to yeah. me, you know, I I always want to hear your opinion on sports selfishly. So, what was last year like for you? It was weird because I made such a, you know, I, I originally wanted to take that first year off. That was all right. I was going to do that. I was going to travel easy. Uh, then the world stopped and I just, it added another year to what was the plan, but then you couldn't really travel. So it was sort of like, all right, now I have to really find things to do. And I think the longer that time went on, um, 
I just sort of became very comfortable in not sharing anything. It, it, it was weird to go from, you know how it is in this world. Like you, you talk every day for a living, your opinions are out there. You, you kind of have to own it or, or what are you doing with your life um, to having like silence. But then something happened. I want to say, you know, maybe before this season, sometime last summer where all of a sudden I got real itchy and, and my friends were like, we don't want to hear your stupid rants anymore. We don't even know what you're talking about. Like my friends <laughs> don't watch sports. So when I start going off about something, they're like, okay, do you want more wine? I'm like, yes, I want more wine. So it's just like, it was time. And it was time. Like, what's the best way to do that? Obviously a podcast to me, if you're not going to do radio, like you do every day, and then you get to do the podcast is the next best thing. It's just sort of on your own terms. Um, you can rant about what you want to rant about. You get to be as organic as you want. You don't have to talk because sometimes in TV world, you know, there are topics that are handed to you that you don't really care about, but you got to talk about and, and we don't have to do that anymore. And so that is, it's just very free. I feel very free and that I'm getting to do things I want to do, which is, oh my goodness, that's like a blessing I wish everyone had, to be honest. It's right. lovely. It's about as good as it gets. And you can <laughs> yeah. hear that pouring through on, on the podcast, What Did I Miss uh, on The Athletic. And you know, people need to download and subscribe if you haven't already. Please. Yeah, Greg Popovich. I think he's the best of all time. Seriously, I yeah. the greatest coach of all time in NBA history. Look, there are others you could debate, but I think what he did, you know, building that team up, sustained success, championships, maximizing not only the big three, but the role players. How do you describe Greg Popovich? He has been... I, my dad said it best the other day because we we had to do a we did a pregame show um, and I had to interview Pop, which you know, <laughs> for a lot of people is, it's like an it's like an ulcer just waiting to happen. Uh, and the you know the great Doris Burke I remember just was so she hated it she wanted to do it and I remember thinking my God if Doris Burke is nervous what are the rest of us even trying to do so but he's all he's just always fun with me and he and he's joking and stuff but in the same way like. He's a sarcastic guy. I'm a sarcastic person. I get it. And I remember my my dad's friends were like, wow, he's he's just so good with her and nice. And, and my dad said, this is a love affair that's been going on for 20 years. Like, I genuinely love Pop. I love what kind of person he is. I love how comfortable he is in his, his life, his skin, his thoughts. He doesn't back down if he thinks something is the right way or right thing to say. Um, and he's cultivated these relationships with people that... Look, I don't know. Tim Duncan is a great. He was born great, right? But I, Tim Duncan on another team with a different coach than Pop might have been a completely different story. And I think about that all the time. A guy like Manu Ginobili, a guy like Tony Parker. I don't know that necessarily those, those two guys go to another team and have the time to flourish the way they obviously did here. There's something about Pop and how he deals with human beings and how he knows how differently he needs to deal with different human beings that has been so successful. And we're seeing it because... This group of guys this year, you can't be more different than what he's used to. These are young guys that they're not necessarily household names. Uh, and he's getting them to to bring their best efforts game in and game out. I, I love the dude. Like I I just genuinely, if if he likes you, you know it. If he doesn't like you, you know it. Those have always been my favorite kinds of people. Um, there's no fake about any of it. And at the end of the day, you know, if the whole world was like that. Yeah, it ruffles some feathers, and some people don't like it, but I love it. I love knowing where you stand, whether it's good or bad. It's it's the good way to be. You had a couple of amazing runs at, at ESPN. You're doing a lot of different things, a lot of different shows. Did you have a favorite moment or favorite <laughs> rant? LeVar Ball, for me, was one of my all-time <laughs> favorites. A favorite, oh, favorite moment, favorite rants, and anything that you regret about your time Ooh. at ESPN? 
<laughs> uh, yes, people that I befriended. Uh, no, I. <laughs> uh, no, I think you know the rant. The rant that I get the most. Um, I got heat for and also love for. Like I love for here in San Antonio was when I went off on Kawhi Leonard because um, I was, was coming great. at it from. I, I was I was a I was Spurs fan, so that day wasn't talking head me it was first fan me and it just sort of erupted and in the way that all of it went down i hated it and it, when i moved back here and it has been years since that rant i would go at a restaurant and i have somebody like man we still like we still love that i'm like wow really that's that's been you i've even forgiven everything since then but like okay thank you as far as regrets though honestly no like i i feel like i played the game for myself the way it needed to be played um you know, both show wise, financially, like all of those things, I think I played it the way I wanted to play it. And, and that worked out for me. You know, you're always going to have regrets about maybe people that you trust or think people that you let into your inner circle. Sure. That's life. You're going to have that no matter where you work, but I don't have any regrets on rants to be honest. And, and I, I don't feel like I was uber wrong on many of them. Even the LeVar ball thing, look, his plan worked. I will give that man credit. Yeah. He like, this whole thing has turned like, and he sort of quietly slipped away. And if that was always the plan, it was brilliantly played. So in that regard, sure. But at the time he was obnoxious. I'm not backing down from that. We all thought that it just happened to work in his favor. I mean, <laughs> so, it's, good to him. Good it, for him. it's wild the way it worked out. You know, it's funny oh. just to follow on that. What you said about, you know, playing the game the right way where well, you get offered, you know, a bigger show, more money, you know, what everyone says in America. Yes. And thank you. I mean, that's, that's the way it works. I mean, <laughs> yes. I, I, that's, yes. that's the way I operate. I mean, of course that's how it, but but with the get up situation for you, I almost felt like while it was a no brainer for a yes, was there yes. a part of you that you were like, man, we've got a great thing going right now and maybe this isn't the right overall move for me? Well, the thing about get up was when when it initially was coming to be, John Skipper was still there. John Skipper and Greeny were both the people. They came to L.A. They talked to me about it. We had great meetings. We got great talks. Um, what what was pitched and what we signed up to do was very different than what it ended up being. Unfortunately, once Skipper left the company, it, you know, the whole vibe changed, the whole culture changed, just was a different place to work. And, and it really happened that quickly, almost overnight. And so I remember we, we would fight for what we thought we were supposed to be doing at the beginning of get up, you know, and if these are, we you are know, meetings, 5.00 AM. I was on my bicycle at 4.15, riding yeah. to the studio. Like I, I loved the routine, to be honest. I'm a morning person. Um, it was just a bummer that, we wanted to do this and slowly and surely it became this, which was too much like everything else that was already in existence. And, you know, that's not, that's not fun. Like that's not really what we all signed up to do. And, and I loved being back in New York. Also part of the thing that was a no brainer. Yes, of course I want to move back to New York. Um, but yeah. And, and look, Greeny, I had MBA at the same time. So for me, it wasn't that big a deal to be like, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore. I've still got MBA at night. We're good. Um, but I wish I would have been nice to see what it could have been had Skipper stayed and we were sort of allowed to, to breathe a little bit more like we were supposed to be. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, in terms of your personality and the personalities involved, that that would have been something amazing and something <laughs> special. You know, before I let you go, I was doing some reading on your career because you had oh. you had some. But I, I'm fully aware of, you know, when you were at the Yes Network and what you were doing at, at CSTV and, and different things. Yeah, I remember oh watching it. Right. But but your background in terms of how you got into sports broadcasting. That wasn't originally <laughs> remotely on the radar for you, right? No, 
No, nothing was like this is TV is not even remotely close to anything I was going to do or wanted to do. I was, believe it or not, I'm a very sort of, I'm an introvert at heart and I, I'm not a public speaker. I don't, I, none of those things are what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a lawyer that went into politics one day. That was really what I wanted to do, but that didn't work out. Uh, Cause I forgot you had to go to class to do all of those things. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that anymore. Just a small uh, detail. So, yeah, I mean, good Lord. I didn't know you had to go to all the classes. Uh, and so I just sort of like was floating um, and then went to the Spurs because my dad wanted somebody to yell at me about what the heck are you doing with your life? And his friend happened to be part of the Spurs at the time. And that was what happened. And I begged for an internship. I had zero, like, even then TV was not, it was just sort of like, I'll do an internship. No matter. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't even know what I was going to do. It really has been a fortuitous sort of lucky thing. One after another that it just so happened once I got kind of the hang of it was like a bug. And I think anybody on TV that enjoys doing it knows what I'm talking. It's like a bug. It's like a, a bit of a hit, a high. Yeah. And once you get it, that's it. It's a, it's um, a relatively easy way to make a living if you're comfortable enough doing it. And and that's sort of how all of this came to be, weirdly enough, actually. Which is pretty, an, yeah. it's an no amazing plans. story. It's uh, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's the message to the kids. Don't have any plans whatsoever. Don't and plan. Don't, do not plan no. anything, but hey. <laughs> If you're going to do anything, make sure you do it with some great shoes in, in the background. <laughs> this is the goal. <laughs> that right no, there, not. that is the picture of success and the picture of the golds being in your I shoe closet. It. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Michelle, oh, Lord. this this was awesome. A big fan of your work. Always love talking Thank to you. you. Love seeing you. The podcast is fantastic. And listen, I mean, we were light years ahead of the curve in terms of Spurs are in, Lakers are out. So it doesn't get any better. Continued success with everything. <laughs> Thing and we appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Michelle Beadle, how about that? Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM. Thanks to our listeners on Pandora, listeners on Apple Podcasts, and with Stitcher. We record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. SiriusXM Podcasts. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 